Hello, hello, hello. And today is a special day. Because today we're going to talk about resistance training versus cardio, which one is better for weight loss. So in the past, think about your history, right? If someone said to you, or if you thought, I want to lose weight, what's the first kind of exercise that comes to mind for you? Do you think, uh, you know what, I should do some cardio? Or do you think I should go and do some, you know, I should go and lift some weights? So what is it that brings up that initial thought in your head? You know, so there's, there's different kinds of exercise, and there's the common misconception that resistance training, first off, will make you bulky, and that it'll get, and it'll make you gain muscle, whereas cardio will, you know, has a, has a fat burning zone. In other words, it'll make you look lean and reduce your body fat because obviously, you know, as the word says, you're burning fat in the fat burning zone. So what we'll do is we've, we'll dive deeper into the pros and cons of resistance training and cardio training, in other words, aerobic training, so that you can make the best decision and that by the end of this podcast, you'll know ideally which one to do and, or maybe there's a different answer, right? So let's continue. So resistance training, resistance training basically just means lifting heavy objects, Right, lifting heavy objects to improve the strength of muscles. So, I mean, the image that sort of brings up is someone deadlifting. Right, it's a big, bulky man running around lifting heavy weights. But it can also be something like uh, bodyweight training. You know, like pulling yourself up, doing push-ups, doing bodyweight squats are also a form of resistance training because resistance doesn't have to just be external resistance. It doesn't just have to be a weight that you lift. It can also be your body. Your body is also, in and of itself, because of gravity, a form of resistance. So you can use it to do resistance training. So the main cons of resistance training, think of it this way. If You know the first time you went into the gym? The first time I went into the gym, I was totally, I was totally lost. I went into the gym, I stood on the mats, I was looking around, looking at the PTs training people, looking at the other people who looked like they, they knew exactly what they were doing. But I just felt totally lost and I just picked up two dumbbells and I stood there sort of half copying people, half, you know, feeling really self-conscious and not being really sure what I was doing. And then eventually I left because I felt terrible about myself. So this sort of, it brings me into the first con of resistance training. And that is that it's heavily skill-based. In, in other words, you know, the first time you do a sport, think... You know, have you ever played football or soccer for the Americans? I'm terrible, by the way, at football slash soccer. But I remember the first time I played, I had my friends, because I was never really into that sport, but my friends were running around, they were kicking it with ease, and it looked really good. And I thought, you know what, I'll, I'm going to join. So I started playing with my brother, and uh, we were both awful because we played basketball. And we'd never built up the skill. We'd never built up the skill to control a ball with our feet. All we did was, you know, dribble a ball around with our hands and throw a ball with our hands. So when it came to controlling a ball with our feet, we had no control. And it's the same with resistance training. It's a skill-based movement. In other words, when you begin, your muscle isn't what's going to give up. What's going to give up is basically the control you have over the weight. You know, if you remember... If you've lifted weights for the first time, think back to when you first did a dumbbell chest press, for example. Chances are your hands were wobbling all over the place. 
So your body was initially learning to perform the exercise. So the, one of the cons of resistance training is that initially, in the initial phase, you have to learn the movement before you can fully exert, you know, until you can lift a weight that will really put tension on the muscle to make it develop, sort of make it develop. So that's something to bear in mind. The next con is progression. So often when you go into a gym, you have the tendency to just do nothing in the sense that in the sense that you don't have a, a direct plan of action. You go in, you find the nearest machine, and you just end up, you know, choosing a weight that seems like it's about right for you. Usually just an arbitrary, you know, number on the stack, and then just pushing the weight or pulling it until it, you start to feel tired a little bit, and then move on to another machine or pick another exercise. The problem with, with resistance training is if you really, really want to make progress, you need progression. And I'll make a different podcast about this. But progression is essentially increasing the, you know, the stimulus that the muscle requires to develop. To get stronger, you will eventually, so if you lift the weight that you're currently lifting, you will eventually get stronger. But eventually that weight will no longer be sufficient to help you develop further. So if you're just going into the gym, you require two things really for best results. You need a program and a program that allows you, that has progression built into it. A program that takes you through the different steps and builds up your strength and maybe increases the weight, reduces the rest. There's lots of different ways to do this. But essentially, you're, it's almost a requirement to have a pre-written program because going into the gym without a pre-written program is, I don't want to say a waste of time, but it's very close to being a waste of time. So what a lot of the time what you'll need is to either spend time researching how to you know, design a semi-decent program or find a coach to write one for you. Because obviously, you know, they're the people that, you know, we, this, that's what we do as a job. Now, you have, of course, the ability to go online and find a cookie cutter program, one that everyone uses. But here's the downside is that it doesn't take things like the person's history, the injury history, the person's age and that kind of stuff. Well, the you know, training age, how long you've been training for into consideration because that affects, that highly affects the kind of training that you do and the kind of exercises that you choose. So in other words, the older the client or, you know, if, the older you are, the person trying to lose weight, the better a personalized program becomes, at least in my opinion, because the longer your history and the more things need to be considered. Think of it this way. If a 90-year-old man came into me, I wouldn't give them the same workout as a 20-year-old, even if it's the exact same person, because there are huge differences hormonally, there are huge differences in terms of you know, injury history and what they're capable of doing. So one, maybe the 90-year-old man can't reach straight above his head because he hasn't done that for a long time and he doesn't have the range of motion, whereas a 20-year-old might be able to do it with no problems. So the, the exercise selection changes. But let's look at what the real pros are because resistance training has some huge pros, has some major, major advantages, which is why it's worth considering for you in your weight loss routine. So one thing it does is it helps you maintain lean tissue. So in other words, it helps you keep muscle mass. 
lean tissue, muscle, muscle mass is essentially what allows you to eat as much as you're eating. In other words, the more muscle mass you have, the more you can eat because you'll be burning more calories just to maintain your weight. The other thing to bear in mind is, you know, think of, think of an actress or someone famous who's lost weight. You know, recently, Adele lost a large amount of weight. Okay, now she would have had two choices when she went through her weight loss phase. She could have just run to lose weight, which maybe she, you know, she might have done, or she might have done some form of resistance training, because that's what would have happened is by the end, the shape that her body had at the end was largely dependent on the kind of training she did. So an advantage of, of resistance training is that you maintain muscle tissue, which is ultimately what gives your body shape. That's the difference between just running and ending up being long and thin, which some people want to look like, and it's totally fine, or doing some form of resistance training, which gives your body shape. So if you're a woman, maybe you want, you know, a better backside to, you know, whatever, to show off at the beach. If you're a man, maybe you want some abs and you want some pecs, you know, sort of to show off your chest, bigger arms, whatever. But these things are all developed with resistance training. So that's a huge pro of resistance training. So besides just maintaining the lean tissue, so you don't lose any, which in other words, means you can eat more, you can also build some. And almost a side effect, another pro of resistance training is, when I, when I went resist, when I started training properly, I went into a gym and my sole aim, because, you know, when you're 17 or 18, however old I was, your sole aim is to just, you know, build some muscle to show off. So I went in with my friend and we would just pick exercises and we'd basically kill ourselves on each exercise. And the aim was just to build muscle, nothing else. But one of the side effects that happened with the actual weightlifting is that every week we seem to be lifting more weight. In other words, we were getting stronger as a side effect of resistance training. Now, at the time, strength wasn't, wasn't something we focused on, but it is an amazing side effect because as you age, strength hugely decreases. And strength is largely linked to things like longevity, um, you know, reaction speed. So old people, you know, elderly people often fall over and it's a lot of the time due to poor reaction speed. You know, if you trip over something, you need to react to stop yourself from falling. So you, you pull your, your back leg forward and you, or you grab something with your hands to stop yourself from falling flat on your face. Now, if you don't have decent reaction speed, you just fall. The reaction's too slow. So as you lose strength, you also lose, you know, the, the ability to react as fast. And the other beautiful side effect is, again, it ties into age amazingly. This is why resistance training is, you know, besides being great and, you know, having some positives in weight loss, has some other major benefits. And that is, think of it this way. And you picture your muscle, look at your arm right now. What do you see if you look at your bicep? Do you just see the bicep or do you see the end? You know, the, the tendon collecting to the bone. What do you think happens when the muscle contracts? The mu when the muscle contracts, it'll pull on the tendon, which will pull on the bone. So the thing, what, there's two things that will get stronger in that scenario. The bone will get stronger because it's, it's having the force pull on it so it has to get stronger and the tendon will get stronger so not only 
do the muscles get stronger? All the connective tissue, all the tissue that experiences any sort of pulling or pushing or load will get stronger as a side effect as well, meaning that you're less like, likely to get injured. And of course, you know, you might, especially at the moment, it's extremely popular to have things like circuits, or like 25 minute, you know, sessions. So in a way, what you can do is you can build resistance training almost into a cardiovascular type training session, often called hit sessions. They aren't actually hit, but that's what people call them because it's cool marketing. But you can use resistance training to almost, you know, get the same effect as cardiovascular training. At that point, you're not really getting the benefits from resistance training in the same way. You're not building strength directly. Or if you're a man, you're not really developing muscle in the same sense. But you're, you know, you're, you're tying things together. So now you've, you've got a picture of the pros and cons of resistance training in your head. So it's time to dive into the second one, which was aerobic exercise, cardiovascular training, which interestingly covers a lot of the, you know, the pros cover a lot of the cons in resistance training. You'll see what I mean in a second. So first off, if you don't know what I'm talking about, cardiovascular exercise is essentially just prolonged periods of, you know, exercise that you repeated the same movement over and over, like in running or in cycling, that kind of thing. Um, one definition is aerobic literally means with oxygen and refers to the use of oxygen in in the you know the muscles energy generating process so it's any type of movement typically those performed at a moderate levels of intensity for extended periods of time um with you know with the aim of an increased heart rate so what what, what are the first ones that come to mind you know you picture someone wanting to lose weight i see it here at the moment you know we're in quarantine and there are people wanting to lose weight which is amazing you know i'm I've, when people when people take the time and put the effort in to lose weight, it can truly be life-changing. And you see people jogging across the waterfront here, you know, because it's the first thing that comes to mind. Of course, gyms are closed. There are a lot of other options. But it's it's one of the huge things that comes, you know, it, it's just, it's inbuilt. Running is built into humanity. You know, it's, it's one of the things that makes human the ability to run. Having said that, let's have a look at the cons. So one of the main cons is actually a loss of lean tissue. So like I said earlier, you know, think of a marathon runner, think of long distance runners, the ones when you watch the Olympics and you're sitting in front of your TV and you turn it on and you watch the marathon or even better, let's say you watch the 100 meter sprint, then you watch the 200 meter sprint, then the 400 meter sprint, then the 800 you know, and then the 5K. And what do you notice? What do you notice as you go through all these different stages? You notice that they get thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. So the ones right at the beginning, the 100 meter, that really need to exert a lot of force are usually quite muscular. By the time you get to 5K, and especially by the time you get to marathons, people are really thin because that's what the body requires. You know, the body, the body is extremely intelligent. If, if it has muscle that it doesn't need, it'll get rid of it. So if someone's only running and not putting any sort of force on the legs that develop, that, that make it build muscle in the leg 
or in the upper body, then it'll go, you know what, this is just a waste of energy. We're carrying this lump of flesh around, which we aren't using. But it costs us a lot of energy to carry around. Let's just get rid of it. So we can save more energy because ultimately it's about survival. So that's one of the reasons why runners are quite thin. Because they don't require the muscle to do the exercise. So again, a loss of lean tissue essentially means you have to, you can only, you have to eat less. You know, you can only eat a certain amount during weight loss. So you want to maintain as much lean tissue as, as possible. The other one is repeated stress. So even though running is inbuilt into us, we spend a lot of time sitting at, the, at our desks. We spend a lot, we haven't, it's not like we've kept running or kept exercising from childhood. You know, we wear shoes that are made a certain way. Our bodies will have adjusted to, to our environment and the shoes you wear and the clothes you wear. So because things like running are a repeated stress, you, you, wherever your weak point is in your form, that's where you're most likely to develop an injury. Okay, so if you're running and you're flat-footed, for example, and your knees cave in while you're running, your knees will be taking a lot of stress. With every, with every hit, every time you hit the ground with your foot, three times, you know, 1.5 to three times your body weight is passing through that leg and potentially putting you at risk of injury. And if you suddenly decide, you know what, I'm going to lose weight, so I'm going to start running 5Ks, but your form isn't up to scratch, then of course you're putting yourself in a situation where you might get injured. So actually a large percentage of people get injured running. And it this is why people have running coaches as well. You know, because it's it's a skill we tend to lose with time because of the reasons that I mentioned earlier. Now let's move on to the fat burning zone. Remember the fat burning zone. You know, it's the if you go if you go into a gym, you step on a bike. And you'll see there's this chart in front of you. And it'll tell you this heart, at this age, this heart rate is the fat burning zone. And what it really is, is a zone in which the muscles, because muscles require energy to contract, use mainly fat as the fuel to, to be able to, to, you know, we're not going to dive into the science, but essentially help the muscle contract, to be able to, to, to contract the muscle. So... We all go, okay, it has to be, the logical idea is, you know what, if I'm in the fat burning zone, I'm burning more fat, therefore, I should be spending more time on a bicycle or running in the fat burning zone in, you know, let's say 140 beats per minute for my heart rate. Let me ask you this question. What do you think makes a big difference to your overall fat loss? If you spend 40 minutes burning 200 calories of fat, or if you spend 40 minutes burning 400 calories of a mix of fat and carbohydrates, in which one do you think you will lose more fat? You know, ultimately, because weight loss is down to calorie balance, whichever form of exercise, it makes you lose more calories. In other words, in which form of exercise you spend more calories will be the better one. So, of course, if you enjoy spending time in the fat burning zone, do it. But don't get confused by the idea of the fat burning zone being a magical place in which it'll shed all your fat. Because all the other things we mentioned earlier will still happen. The intensity in the fat burning zone isn't that high. So you will lose lean tissue. Um, potentially, you'll, if you're running, for example, you might put yourself in a situation, especially, 
especially if you're trying to lose weight. You might be carrying 20 kilos, 30 kilos of extra weight on your body. So if you're striking the ground with three times body weight and you've got 30 extra kilos to lose, you know, that's that's a lot of force going through your leg each time. So maybe it's worth trying to lose the weight first. And, you know, we'll dive into this at the end. Lose the weight first in a way that doesn't put so much stress so your weight is less. So that when you decide to run, you're in a better place. Do you see what I'm saying? So what are the pros? The main pros for resist for, for sorry for aerobic exercise is that they're really easy. There's a very, very low entry point. In other words, you don't need anything to start aerobic exercise. All you need is a tiny bit of space in your room. Let's say you can't leave your house at all and you can do some sort of thing. You know, you might be able to jog on the spot and lift your knees. You can do something that classifies as aerobic exercise. You can go out, if you, if you live by the sea like I do, I could go for a swim. You could go for a run. You can literally do anything. Um, you don't require equipment. So it's it has a super low entry point. And also, because a lot of aerobic exercise is sort of, like I said, inbuilt into humanity. You know, running is one of the things that makes us human. We can just do it without having to really fine-tune the skill. So that's a pro in and of itself. So the fact that there's no equipment required, you know, it, of course, if you want to go and you want to, to row, you will need equipment. Or if you want to have a, some sort of, you know, luxury, high-end bike for triathlons, then of course you will have to spend money to have that. But you don't need it to perform aerobic exercise. Whereas for the resistance training, especially if you're trying to if you're trying to work on your back, which you should be if you're sitting a lot, um, you need you need equipment. You need some sort of way to stimulate the muscles in your back. A push-up isn't going to do it. A push-up's only going to work on the muscles, you know, at the front. So what do you do in the ideal situation? Which one do you pick? You know, if you in your head right now, I'd I'd love to know what's going through your head. By the way, if you, I'd I'd love to know once you finish listening to this. Um, you know, obviously leave a review, but also let me know what your thought process is at this point. Which one would you pick and why? Um, okay, so let's dive into the the ideal situation. So ideal situation is so you. We, t we tend to be stuck. You know, this is, this. I did this. I, I did this so much. I tend to, tended to be in a place where I had to choose. It was either resistance training or cardiovascular training. So I either went all out in resistance training or I stepped away from resistance training and I did cardiovascular training. Because for some reason, we never consider that we can do both. Maybe the ideal situation isn't doing one or the other. Maybe the ideal situation is actually a combination of the two. Because both of them have, have pros and cons. So, so, and I'm going to do a whole separate podcast about this. But maybe what you could do is you could do some sort of resistance training and combine it with some sort of light exercise, like, like walking. So you, maybe you spend, you go to the gym three days a week and you do resistance training and you build up the skill and you, and you maintain the muscle tissue. But also you might do some walking and you listen to this podcast right? See that plug there? And um, it's a really easy way for you to combine the two things. You could also do some sort of a high intensity session, such as a 20, 20 second bike sprints, because 
on a bike, you're not putting much force, right? You're not running. You're not doing a 20-second all-out sprint on the ground. So if you have 30 kilos or 100 pounds or whatever it is to lose, you don't have that extra weight going through you. You're just sprinting all out against the resistance of the bike. You can also do this swimming. So there are ways to combine the two things to get, to get the best out of both worlds and also to overcome the cons of each of them. So let me know, let me know what, your, what your final thoughts are, what you're going to do, and I'll make a podcast in which we discuss how to write a program for yourself. So if you wanted to write a program and you thought, you know what, I really want to write a program myself, this is how I'm going to do it. So you already have a rough idea of what you could potentially do. And obviously this is different for every person, like I mentioned earlier. Um, but if you really wanted to try and you know write your own, then I'll, I'll do that for you. I'll make it easier. If this was helpful to you, please leave a review and share this with your friends. Because ultimately, there are tons of people that want to lose weight and we want to make it as simple as possible for you. So if you feel like you're in a good place and you're ready to continue your transformation, please share this and see you in the next one.